the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of uh, 10 o'clock, and I'm here with you for the next two hours, and we're talking about cars, and you're welcome to join us in any way you want. You can give us a call at 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. You can do that, or you can uh, text. Uh, no, you can't text us today because my phone's not working. So that's it. 602-508-0960. That's your only option today. If you're outside the Phoenix metropolitan area, you can use 888-960-9696. So if you're within the sound of my voice anywhere in the United States, you can use 888-960-9696. And that phone number will directly ring directly in here. And Gil will say, hi, you want to talk to Mark? And you say, yes. And then he says, what's your name? And you say, Fred. And... Then he says, okay, we'll get you on just as quick as you can. And then he says in my headphones, Fred's on the line, and I go to the line. So that's how it works, 602-508-0960. There's lots of shops in town that are really good shops, and I'm going to highlight some of them. These are guys that I've known for a long time. For instance, Tom over at Action Auto. I've known him since the early 80s. He has a really good shop. It's called Action Auto. It's I-17 in Deer Valley. It's the northwest corner. He's been there since 1983, and he has a lot of ASE Master Certified Technicians. And these are the top of the line. These are the guys that have doctorate degrees, so to speak, in automotive repair. Well-rounded, and you don't get a master's degree if all you know is how to rebuild carburetors. You better know from headlight to taillight, from driver's door to passenger door, and every aspect of that car. So if you live up on I-17 and Deer Valley Road or anywhere within a three- or four-mile radius of that and you don't have a repair shop, then... Give Action a call, make an appointment for an oil change, and see how you like them and see how they like you. On the other side of the world is Larry Harker's Auto, and they've been around since 1967. You notice that, notice there's a there's an issue here. Not there's a an, there's an in, unusual situation where you've got these people that have been in business for a very very long time, folks. As many of you know. You can have an oil change facility or a flush change facility, a flush facility. You can have all kinds of businesses pop up in your neighborhood, and you all know that a lot of times they don't last very long. It has a lot to do with their skills. It has a lot to do with the market. It has a lot to do with their competitors. It has a lot to do with all that kind of stuff. But Harker's has been around since 1967. Bob and Ellen run Larry Harker's Auto. Ellen is at the front counter. Bob runs the shop. And um, I send a lot of those. My car quacks on Thursday mornings at 10 o'clock. That's what I send to Bob over at Larry Larry Harker's because he's just really good about tracking down those ones that nobody else can do it or nobody else has a good handle on it. So those are the two shops that we can talk about. And you can talk about your car, but we already have a caller. And who might that be, Gil? Hey, good morning to Mike. Mike, good morning. Good morning. 
I've got a 2005 Nissan Frontier pickup, and it's running great, but occasionally, maybe once every few months, when I start out in the morning, the check engine light flashes. I counted it. It was about 50 times running rough, and then it smooths out, and the light is, is gone. Not sure what it might be. Okay, well, the, the check engine light is just saying to you, I see something that's outside the square box I'm supposed to look at. So the next thing you have to do is, is you have to get the code. Now, the code tells you your problem is in Utah. Your code doesn't. Now, it could be a fuel-related code, but it's telling you it's in the fuel system. So you can't get into the, 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 the habit. It says, I have an oxygen sensor code. I'm going to replace it. Oh, that didn't fix it. I have a mass airflow sensor code. Oh, and I replaced the mass airflow sensor. That didn't fix it. Because you have to go in there and look and say, and talk to the computer with sophisticated equipment and say, let me see the serial stream data. Let me see the data you're looking. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. The data you should be getting, it should be between zero and one. And for whatever reason, you're sitting there at one all the time. One, let me see if I can do this, turn this screw here, and, oh, there's a nine. Okay, so that means you're capable of seeing it, but this over here is wrong. So it's every day of my life someone tells me that they had an oxygen sensor code or a coolant sensor code or a fuel, de a fuel delivery code or whatever, and they've replaced everything in the fuel system, and they still it's still there. Well, it's still there because you haven't fixed it. You haven't found the problem and fixed it. And that's that's the diagnostic charge of the whole thing. So your check engine light is yellow for a reason. That means caution. You can continue to drive the vehicle. You can continue to use it. And if you were halfway between here and Denver and you wanted to make it home, you could just come on home unless you smelled well, something or a red light came on. Will this code be saved even though the check engine light is not on sometimes or 100%? No, it'll be saved for so many keystrokes or key cycles. So, for instance, if it count, if it comes on and you happen to drive a taxi cab, you might be able to cycle the key on and off enough times, and all the cars are different, for it to say, wait a minute, I haven't seen it in the last 20 key cycles. I'm going to erase that. So the answer is, is yes, if you use it and, it's a, and it comes and goes, but don't count on that because usually when you have a check engine light, there's something behind it. The computer says, I am asking for more timing, and I don't get more timing. And the reason I know I don't get more timing is because the knock sensor is not quacking at me. So I, I don't see the knock sensor talking, and because of that, I'm not going to raise the timing above 6. That's what happens behind the scenes is these computers are talking to one another in voltage language, and they're using numbers. But this is no big deal. It's just, you know, you could do if you want. You could stop by an auto parts store. They'll plug in their little gizmo. They'll give you a code readout. And then they'll give you a couple of pieces of paper that talk about the code and all the different possibilities. And if you wanted to sure. try, try to fix it yourself, you can do that. I would tell you, though, don't replace parts because you can spend, shoot, 200 to to 1000 bucks. If, you, if somebody said, oh, you have an O2 sensor code, and the bad news, Mike, is, is you have two O2 sensors on your Frontier. So that's two O2 sensor times two, and you have a mass airflow sensor code and a coolant code. You can spend 1000 bucks on those. So is I, that's, it possible that, that, 
Yes. Excuse me. Is it possible that there are going to be no codes since I've waited so long after this happened? Well, the computer, every time you turn the key on, the computer looks at historical data and says, oh, there was a code 51. And so then it watches you go through a, a heat cycle. It watches the engine start cold, and then it sees it warm up, and it sees it go to 210, 220, and then you sees it shut you off. Well, if it sees a significant amount of time where nothing else happened, the computer is capable of eliminating that, that trail. We see that happen. It doesn't always happen. It's called the difference between an intermittent failure and a hard failure. A hard failure is there. The wire's broken. The vacuum line's off. That's going to be there until we're all dead, unless we fix it. An intermittent problem could be a low-voltage problem where the computer wants to see 0.6 in it, and and the, the sensor's not capable of that, so it only gives them 0.5, and the computer will, after a while, go, okay, buddy, and then it'll turn on the check engine light. Okay. Okay. All right. How many miles are on your Nissan? Uh, 175. Okay. And are you scared that that motor's going to give up the ghost someday? Well, of course, someday. Of course. Okay. Well, let but me tell not you, now. All right. Well, let <laughs> me just... No, it's not going to... Not because of a check engine light. But almost every motor we replace has been either overheated or run low on oil or abused. We have... I can't tell you how many cars we could have. I think the last time we looked at it in our database, we have like 8,000 cars in our customer fleet that are well over 150. Sure. And they'll run, and that's six times around the equator. They'll run until you overheat them or run them low on oil, or they just wear out. And here's the wear out. It starts using a little bit of oil. Then you see blue smoke. Then all of a sudden you hear a miss. Then you all of a sudden you get a misfire code. And all of a sudden... Then you you lose a spark plug, which means one of four or one of six or one of eight. Now you've got a bucking sensation. That's the beginning of the end. And then you just drive it until it blows up, and people do that because they come in on tow trucks all the time that way. (laughs) There is a little bit of knocking as I'm driving, but it's very, very slight. Okay. Well, let's knocking can be um, a suspension shift. It can be a advanced timing problem. It can be an EGR problem. There's so many different problems that do not say that. And and if, for instance, if you had an engine knock, sometimes the knock sensor will feel the knock, and the knock sensor will raise its hand and say, "Hey, I'm over here." That happens. And you know how we tech and tech test the knock sensor? I'm going to tell you this, but don't you tell anybody else, okay? We plug our scanner into your car, and we warm it up, and then we put it in drive, and we just sit there, and we take a hammer, and we hit the exhaust manifold, and we should see the knock sensor on our scanner quack at us, (laughs) and then we know the knock sensor's okay. That's how we do it. (laughs) Got it. So it doesn't take much, but if the engine starts knocking, it's going to retard the timing because it's thinking it's an octane problem. It's thinking it's a gasoline quality problem. But really, it's a rod bearing knocking or a main bearing knocking or a cam bearing knocking or the timing chain is slapping the cover. Those are all the things that can also fool the electronics. But anyway, Mike, good caller. Thank you very much for calling. Good luck to you. The lines are wide open, folks, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Automatic transmission, Phil knew, Phil who runs Automatic Transmission Exchange, he knew Fred Flintstone. He, he worked on those cars on the...
The Seth Liebson Show. When it comes to crime and criminal law and criminal justice issues, take cognizance of victims' rights. The victim. You don't have liberty if you create more of them. And you don't have liberty if you turn callous policies towards them in order to bend over backwards to prove something that you don't need to prove. The bully doesn't need your help. The victims in society do. Weekdays, 3 to 6, right here on AM 960, The Patriot. I'm Scott from the History Unplugged podcast. History can be a bit of a tongue twister with its weird sounding names of people, places, and things, but it really isn't that confusing. History is the story of who we are and how we comport ourselves while soaring to victory in battles over forts, seaports, and cities that fortunately thwarted the schemes of villains and their blood sports, like the 1415 Battle of Agincourt. It's about legal battles in courts, about the contortion of torts over the retorts of consorts that turned into kangaroo courts. I exhort you to listen to History Unplugged on the podcast player of your choice, and you can listen to it while wearing shirts, shorts, skirts, skorts, or jean jorts. Tune in to Cover Your Assets with Logan Marcus. So being a fiduciary at its heart really just requires that you to be effective, responsible, communicative, and competent. Get on the right path to achieve your retirement goals. This is something that we'll want to customize and talk to you about specifically, tailor make it to your circumstances. Cover Your Assets with Logan Marcus. Saturdays at 4 p.m. right here on 960 The Patriot. Hey, is that a faucet running? Nope, that's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. It is? Yeah, forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. The water comes straight from the forest to us. In fact... What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum! That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. How do trees clean the air? They soak up the dirty air on their leaves, branches, and trunks which means clean air for us. Hmm, cool. I didn't know that. Yep, but the forest does more than give us clean air and water. It gives us shade for hot days, birds to listen to, and trees to climb. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't know how cool the forest could be. Hey, let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the dog show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch snuggling, ball chasing, face licking, tail wagging, backyard hanging, and of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier hound chihuahua looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring a white, gray, brown, black brindle. Simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. The following is an urgent message from federal law enforcement. Drug cartels are now targeting children by distributing rainbow-colored fentanyl pills, powders, and blocks resembling candy and chalk. Regardless of shape or color, just two milligrams of fentanyl can kill. Learn more about how one pill can kill at onepillkilled.org. Talk to your kids today about the dangers and deadly effects of fentanyl. 
Welcome back, everybody. 19 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we're here talking about car and car repair problems and stuff like that. And you're welcome to join us if you'd like, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And I'm going to go to the phones because we got two callers. Keith, you're up first, and Charlie, you'll be second. So, Keith, how are you, and what can we do for you? Hi, Mr. Mark. Um, I have a 2010 Jaguar that may have a uh, power system drop uh if it sets four or five days in the garage uh it can be hard to start or i may have to put a charger on the battery this has been going on for years now so i take the battery back to uh it'll last eight to ten months okay hold on hold on hold on this isn't this this won't be productive time let me just ask you some questions okay when it i guess what what you're saying to me is is that intermittently when you go to ask this car to go someplace it doesn't want to go anywhere and so does it crank over and not catch or does it not crank over it it cranks over and starts and it cranks real low if it sets more than a a few days okay barely but it'll start yeah it starts okay i took it to jaguar 2010 Jaguar XF. Took it to Jaguar because my auto parts store starts with an O. They said you probably got a power train. Keith, Keith, we got too many players on this field right now. I don't care what they say. Can I just ask questions and you answer them? Because I think I can get a lot closer if we can just communicate. I'm not interested in what the parts guy said. I'm not interested in what somebody said over the telephone. What I hear you saying is that there are times when you crank your jag over that it cranks over normally. And everything is fine. Other times there is a t- a your Jaguar cranks over slowly, so it might go, and then it might go click, 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 click. Is that correct? Are those the two situations you got? Yes. Okay. <laughs> this isn't that hard. <laughs> this isn't that hard. Um I would find somebody in your neighborhood to do an electrical systems check. I think at most shops it's 35 to $50. We're going to check the battery in every way it can be checked. We need to see the voltage at 13, and if we have to charge it to get it to 13, that's what we're supposed to do. After we do that, we're going to load test the battery. We have sophisticated equipment, and it duplicates the starter's draw on the battery, and we better not see anything below 9.5, 9.6. After we do a load test on the battery, then it's going to give us a CCA rating, and if you have a 500 CCA battery, it better have a 500 CC actual rating and capability then we're going to start the car up and we're going to look at the alternator and before we started the car the alter, the battery power is going to be somewhere in 12 and a half 13 volts when we start it up we should see 13 and a half when we turn on the air conditioning and we turn on the headlights and we do all that kind of stuff it should just build up 13 and a half 14 volts so that's the electrical systems check you need to pay for so you're not going to find I, a kid at the auto parts store that's going to no. know what to do you're going to have to pay I a shop that. to do that what did they I tell went, you? I took it to the Jaguar dealer, which what luckily did they is tell only you? about five miles. They kept it for four days because they, they initially checked it, but they said, we want to make sure our equipment isn't lying to us, and I, we want to let it set for three days over the weekend and then check it on the fourth day and see if the battery shows a voltage drop. It's just setting they did all that, 
cost me $250, and they said, this car does not have a power drain. So you want me to argue with them? Well, <clears throat> that only to me only leaves one option, is that the batteries that the O company is selling me don't actually last anywhere near as long as they claim they do. I, I don't know what else it could be. Well, how how long do you think batteries should last? Well, should last a lot more than eight to ten months. Okay, which so is this what is, I'm getting out of them. Is this, this the, their batteries? Yes. Okay, and this they belongs... replace them for free within a year. Okay, so Jaguar, you're buying the one from the Jaguar dealer. No, from the O'Reilly Auto Parts store. Okay. Did you get them involved? Did you ask them to do an electrical systems analysis on your car? No, not not O'Reilly. I did not. No. Okay. Well, that's what I do. I mean, on one hand, you spent two hundred dollars, and I would have guessed that that would have cost what you described them. They did a cold start, a warm start, a day start, a morning start, an afternoon start, an evening start. They did all this stuff. They had all their electronics, and assuming they did all that, and they charged you $200, and they said everything is fine, then at that particular point, I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't. They're, I agree that if their readings are, are true, and if they ran the test they said they did, then you could take it to my shop, and I'd say, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Um. How many times have you had to jump start your car? Uh, four or five times over the course of uh, several years. Okay. And before you jump start the car, I want you to tell me what happens when you turn the key. Is there a machine gun sound, a, a ratcheting, a, a clatter, clatter, clatter? Or is the engine turning over but slowly? Or is the engine turning over at normal speed? Those are your options. If I jump started, it starts. I didn't right ask up. you about that. Now pay attention. Okay. Before you hook the cables up, what does it sound like? Oh, it it just won't. That I'll push the start button on the console, and it 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 just dies. Everything the display goes off on the dashboard. Everything okay. like like okay. it doesn't have any okay. power. Left you lose everything. Yeah. Did you just yeah. I? Boy. It just acts like the battery's totally dead until I put the jumper cables on it. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. It's game day at Jim's house, and the spread is impressive. Mike's already done some damage with the hot wings, and now he's dropping back and going deep for another slice of pizza. I sure hope he brought the Pepto. Mike knows the Pepto-Bismol provides fast, five-symptom relief from unexpected stomach upsets. He's no rookie. <laughs> the way he's throwing back those nachos, he's the GOAT. Be ready for game day with Pepto-Bismol. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Use as directed, keep out of reach of children. 
I started my adventure as an aerospace medical technician. Flight medic in the Air Force Reserve. As a satellite system operator. As a space systems operator. And I'm a pilot for the Air Force Thunderbirds demonstration. We deliver the world's timeliest environmental intelligence data. Flying to Afghanistan, bringing wounded warriors back to Germany. We take care of injured personnel on a daily basis. And then flying them from Germany back to the States. As a member of the Thunderbirds, I get to be a part of a team that passes on the message of the United States Air Force Reserve to the U.S. and the world. It's a very exciting career. One of the greatest things about the Air Force Reserve is all the different opportunities. The training in the Air Force Reserve is second to none. It gave me the opportunity to go to college. The Air Force Reserve actually paid for my education, which allowed me to commission. It was definitely a bonus. Probably the most exciting thing I've done is support humanitarian relief operations in places like Haiti. The Reserve gave me the opportunity to learn something totally different from what I did. Being able to travel. I enjoy the getaways that I get, and I enjoy the camaraderie and fellowship I share with all my unit mates. We're really close-knit. We're unique. And the Air Force Reserve gave me all those opportunities, and then even more. Start your adventure in the Air Force Reserve. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. (laughs) Hey, everyone. You know, let's all stop what we're doing right now and take a moment. That felt good, huh? Just like that, we had a nice, special sort of moment. Together. Of course, they don't all need to be quiet moments to be special. They could be loud moments, goofy moments, sporty moments, dorky moments. Moments where we talk or walk or just hang out. It doesn't really matter. They all count. Because every time dads like us take a moment like that to spend with our kids, well, it's pretty momentous. Sounds like somebody agrees. So let's take a moment to make a moment. Today, call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Courage. I learned it from my adoptive mom. Hold my hand. You hold my hand. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care at AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 31 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. Obviously, we're having technical problems. Um, The sophistication level of what we have to do is beyond my automotive ability, but we have just switched from a network connection to a Wi-Fi connection, and hopefully that will carry us through the show. Um, Keith is still there. We, is he up right now? Okay, I Keith. Am. Um, you need to go to MarkSalem.com, and you need to look at um, it. It doesn't crank. It doesn't start. 
and there's an FAQ in there, and I don't remember what the number is, but you'll find it. Right. And and what yeah. it's going to do is is it's going to teach you how to look at the headlights and to determine what the problem is with the headlights. And so if you turn on the headlights and they're white and bright, and mm-hmm. you can see them on the wall in front of you, and you hit the key and the power goes out completely, they go dark, mm-hmm. then you let mm-hmm. go of the key and they come back on ever so slowly. That's a bad connection at the battery, or that's a bad battery. So it's going to tell you, you're going to watch the headlights. If you turn on the headlights and you turn the key on and there's no headlights, then I want you to open the hood, and I want you to take a a hammer, the wooden wooden handle of a hammer, and I want you to tap the negative cable and kind of hit it around it and hit the cable itself and hit... And then I want you to go to the positive side, and then all of a sudden the headlights come on bright and white. Well, there's your yeah. problem. So uh, that's all I can Could do for be. you. I don't know. There's a lot of us that are not going to charge you $200 to do an electrical system test that really probably has a market price of somewhere in the vicinity of 80 bucks. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what all they did. It's okay. I'm not going to fight with them. But I can tell you that most everybody I know uh, on the top end, at the very top end, might be 100 bucks if, if somebody sits there and plays with this car for an hour or two. But um, it just doesn't seem like it's... Uh, you're making any progress so read the faq first and and then follow the directions on it and we'll see where we go from there okay thank you mark okay good luck to you uh, charlie you're up next charlie how can i help you hey uh i've heard you in the past mark i've been listening to you forever and i love it you love your program Mm -hmm. uh we uh had to get a a used car it's a 2020 model and the uh the factory warranty is is gone now and i want to get an extended warranty. I hear you. You're always saying most of these guys, uh, it's not a good deal. But is there any that you recommend that you probably couldn't do it over the over the phone? But maybe I could come in and talk to you about somebody that you would recommend getting an extended warranty. There's nobody I recommend. Oh boy. Um, no matter no matter how you cut that piece of cake up, no matter how you serve it to me, you have to understand I'm on the other end of it. Okay, yeah. so I call in and I say, hey, da, 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 I call the 1-800 number and I say, I got this going on and um, it needs an alternator. And uh, I, you know, well, here's my estimate. Well, Mr. Salem, that alternator is pretty expensive. Can you get a cheaper one? Mr. Salem, that the mm-hmm. labor, are you kidding me? You're charging, what do you, what's your labor rate? Oh, well, that's not market labor rate. Well, what? Well, how many hours are you charging? Well, it's 1.1 at $100 an hour, so that's $110, and that's what I'm charging you. Oh, well, I, you know, I can have it towed out of there cheap and have it taken over to somebody else that charges $50 an hour labor. And then we, I'll tell you what, Mr. Salem, I'll send you the alternator. So you want me to put this car out of service for the next day or so while you send me an alternator? Yes. Well, then who's going to warranty the alternator? Well, you are. No, I'm not. I didn't make a dime on your alternator. All I am is installing it. So if you want a warranty on this, you better go someplace else. And then the, then they send the adjuster in. Now, some of the adjusters are really good guys. But can I talk about the ones that wouldn't know which end of their zipper to undo to go to the bathroom? These guys come in, and they want an electrical system analysis. They want us to do tension and, and, and resistance on the radio antenna. They want, they want the belts all replaced, even though one, only one drives the alternator. 
and then they want us to do all this fancy stuff. And I say, well, tell me about your background. Well, I used to teach auto mechanics in Iowa. When? Well, 1958 to 1968. Okay, well, today's a little different <laughs> back then. So the answer is, is just put the money in the bank. Find a, 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 a some number that you like. Put a hundred dollars a month in the bank. You'll have plenty of time, to, or plenty of money to take over. But you're not going to get me. There's all kinds of televisions guys out there that'll tell you that there's there's you don't ever pay anything. But they talk about engines and transmissions. They talk about the big items. This is so emotional for me. First of all, we yeah. probably do two transmissions a month, and we probably service um, twenty to forty vehicles a day. So what's your odds of having a bad transmission and a bad rack and pinion? These are parts that there's there's people within the sound of my voice that say, I've never done a rack and pinion. I've never done a transmission. I've never, I mean, there's probably one out of every five that have even done an air conditioning compressor and probably one out of ten that's done a complete air conditioning research. I mean, where you do the compressor, the uh, condenser, the uh, evaporator, the expansion tube, the orifice tube. You do the whole thing, you do hoses, you just replace the whole unit. We probably do one, we replace the whole unit maybe, maybe once every 10 years. And that's usually because somebody contaminated it with something and we have to just replace everything. So I, I, I don't like any of them. I, I, I think you just save your money, put the whatever the, the cost is, just divide it up and put it in the bank and, and pay for yourself. But that's that's my take on it. I'm dealing with the other side of it, and they want to take advantage of me and you, and they want to run roughshod on my pricing and my parts and all that kind of stuff, and they want to take advantage of you, and, the, and, and they're going to do everything they can to pay the least amount of money, no matter what, and I'm going to be the stepchild of this whole deal, and no, I'm not. So anyway, that's that's all I got for you, Charlie. I'm sorry. Kevin, you're up next. How can I help you? Um, I've noticed that the last couple of days, well, I mean, maybe for the last week, but when I, after the vehicle's, my vehicle's been sitting overnight, and in the morning when I start it, it seems to put out a lot of smoke, but I mean smoke like water vapor, not oil or blue smoke or that kind of stuff. This is a Toyota Land Cruiser. It's a 1999. It's got 287,000 miles. It runs great still. And then after I drive for a little while, um, just a few miles, you know, the smoke just it doesn't happen anymore. Okay. Can I? I'm going to ask you some questions. What color is okay. the smoke? It's it's white. It's like water. It smells like water vapor, even you know. Okay. So. Okay. Well, that's normal for this time of the year. Um, that's what I was wondering I do... if it's something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. It. Hello? Yeah. Um, Gil, are, are you hearing the intermittent part? Okay, good yeah, enough. Just good enough. Okay. Yeah. Um, l- let me let me tell you what, what I would, to put you at ease, what I would do mm-hmm. is, um, if you brought it to a shop or one of the shops that I, I tell you about, um, I would say, I want the cooling system pressure tested. And if it has okay. a 12-pound cap on it, what do you test it at? And the answer is going to be 13 <laughs> or 14 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're going to do. And so we're and then so we're going to put a 
take the radiator cap off, put a, put a pressure tester on there. We're going to look at the cap. It's 16. Doo, 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 put 17 in it. Walk away, and it's going to sit there for the next two or three hours. Then we're going to start it up. We're going to go drive it and warm it up and get it into a heat cycle, bring it back, and do the same doggone thing for another hour. Probably cost you 150 bucks at the end of this deal. And, and what uh-huh. we're looking for is a, a coolant leak where the coolant is being dispensed into the cylinder, which causes the white fog out of the tailpipe. Okay. And so if, but I'll give you another hint. If you'll just look at your overflow jug in the morning before you start it up, take a magic marker and put a line where the thing is at. And then every right. morning before you start it, look and see. If you have a, a you, if you're using coolant, if you're using coolant, and you see that mark dropping and dropping, then we need to find the, the leak and fix it. But that's going to be okay. the fix. Okay. Okay, so I have checked that, and, and it hasn't moved. It's, 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 um, so I think that I, I'm leaning towards your first, is that maybe it's the time of year or what have you. But what about the idea that it goes away after, you know, driving it just a few miles? That's Well, then, what we're then looking at here is we're looking material. at... We're looking at moisture in the exhaust and yeah. in the engine, and after a while, that's going to go away it because the car hit the motor heats up. Okay, so um, I, I do use one of your 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 um, folks that you know you recommend, and I trust them implicitly. And they okay. did do a pressure test, and they did do some work on it recently, um, and they say that you're good to go. So I'm going to trust that that's the case, and I'm just going to assume that it's just you know. Well, Okay, and well, I'll call them too. It just—it just so happened that I just got the car back for a moment, so I thought, well, I'm gonna okay. call Mark. I was listening to you, you know. And just, All right. Uh, well, let but, me just make one more comment. If we yeah. have water into a cylinder, uh huh. If we have water into a cylinder, then typically that's going to kill the cylinder because we the gas in the air is not going to ignite, and so you're going to have an engine miss. So the one, two, three is this. I have a head gasket leaking. I have a broken or right. cracked head. The coolant goes into the combustion chamber on a cold start. We start it up. That engine's not going to have that cylinder till we get all the water out of it. It's going to blow the white steam out the tailpipe, and then it's going to clear up. Then when it clears up, then what's going to happen is some of the coolant's going to be sprayed into the cylinder and then pushed back into the cooling system, so we're going to run a temperature that's normally hotter than we used to. So you've got okay. some dynamics going on here and symptoms that you haven't said a word about. Right, right. No, the, the the car runs perfectly. I have no problem. Okay. Now you just got all, you know. So I'll, I mean, I'll give them a call and bring it up to them too. But I thought that that might just be the case, and I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to call you because it's free and uh, I enjoy okay. your show. That's fine. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. We're going to take a break right now. We got open lines available six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty, and we'll be right back. Are you the parent of a 2- to 7-year-old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now, you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents' Choice Award-winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one-on-one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now, we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month. But you have to go to abcmouse.com radio to claim your free month. That's abcmouse.com radio. Sponsored by Age of Learning. 
Have you bought or sold a house recently? Well, you probably noticed a lot of changes in the real estate market over the last few years. This is Phil and Josh, hosts of Arizona Real Estate Matters, which airs every Sunday from 2 to 3 right here on 960 The Patriot. From new industry regulations to down payment assistance programs, price increases and decreases, the real estate market is always fluid and we are here each week to keep you truthfully informed and on top of your real estate game. So tune in each week to Arizona Real Estate Matters to hear what moves and shakes the Arizona real estate market today. That's every Sunday from 2 to 3 right here on 960 The Patriot. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 44 minutes after the hour, 10 o'clock. My name's Mark Salem. We're talking about cars, and we're going to skip some of the commercials, and we're going to go to the phones, and we're having some technical problems, which is going to be on my end or their end, and we'll work that out the best we can. But, Tom, you're up next. How can I help you? I sure concur with you on your uh, warranty advice or self-insure. People be way ahead. Uh, Mark, I've got a 2015 Dodge Journey, and I had new tires put on it, a good national tire chain. One of the tire pressure sensors is not responding to the dash, but they checked. They've got. They had a meter that went around and, and said it's sending, and checked each at each tire, and they're sending. And then uh, you reset the the. Uh, whatever it is, the computer, and it still hasn't changed after a couple of weeks of driving. Hmm. You know, I, I don't think that we've ever had a problem, and I could be wrong, but I'm, I've never seen where we've had a problem with anything but the sensor. Anything but the sensor. So is, is this a discount store by chance? Yeah, discount tire, and they're good. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I would ask them to do is, is can we move the sensor to the other tire and swap sensors and see if the problem stays or moves? Or is it easier just to replace one sensor? Well, or do you, it, we, oh, yes. we're trying to determine if it's in the car or in the sensor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Can the car see that wheel? Is, are we still going to be able to communicate wirelessly, so to speak, with that wheel? So, okay. that's, so you mean um, just change the whole tire car? You don't have to change the sensor to it. Okay. Well, see, if I were going to do it, I, I would, If let's pretend that it's the left front tire that you got. So I would take the right front sensor out and put it on the left front, and then the left front and the right front, and I'd just reprogram it, and I'd say, let's try that. Well, if the problem moved, then the sensor's bad. If the problem didn't move, I'm having a tough time ca- talking to that tire. Okay. Can't just swap the wheels across because the, the sensor has to get set up for each wheel. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Usually you have to tell the computer where the tires are at and the sensors oh, are at. Okay. But, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said you had a 15 journey, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, it may be able to f- figure that out, but but discount tire. First of all, I, I'm going to confess to everybody, I work for those people as an expert in, in, in legal matters. But second of all, I am so impressed with their training programs and with their philosophies and with what they do to take care of people that um, sometimes the people I don't think deserve to be taken care of, but they still do. I think this is in their ballpark, and I think you just need to say, ask them, if we move two tires... Will the computer know we've moved two tires? And if the answer is yes, then let's move two tires. Okay. Let's swap two tires. And if not, then let's swap the sensors, or let's just put another sensor on there. Yeah. It, it light goes off, you know, or it stays on on the dash light, but, I mean, it's not that big a deal. But just how, how, it how, happened at will the, it at ever the tire go away? change. Does it ever go uh, away? Yeah, it does go away. Yeah, it does go away. Okay. But, it, it, but when to, I bring it up on the dash, it never it doesn't show the pressure. Okay, well that's because it's not talking. So that sounds like the, yeah. that. But the question is, is is the truck or the car programmed for the left front? We're working on the left front. Your dash says the left front, but in, re- in reality, that tire was rotated to the right rear. So when, we shouldn't be working on the left front. We should be working on the right rear. Does that make sense? Because oh, okay. when you rotate the tires, okay. you have to either tell the computer where the tire went, or the computer needs to know that. Okay. All right. Well, but okay. three of them are showing, so they may or may not be showing where they're where they're actually located. Okay. And well, and you could do that. Do they reprogram, or do they have to take it out to reprogram it? Do they have to take the sensor out, tire off? No. Usually, when we when we just we just take the tire and wheel off, and just take the tire off the wheel and put a new sensor on it. It's I mean we're we're not going to spend a whole lot of time you know comparing sensor volume or you know resistance values and all that other kind of stuff. We're not going to do that. Um, heck, not too long ago we had a problem with a sensor, and that somebody had put water in the tire and the wheel. But it wasn't the one that was on the dash. The dash said it was right front, and on the right rear was the problem. So, you know, it just took a little while to figure out which one was really the the problem. But but of all the people that do, Discount Tire is better than my shop when it comes to the, the, the tire sensors because of the sheer volume of stuff that they do. Plus, they're pretty particular about the ones they put in tires, so you're not likely to find something that was made... Um, a hundred years ago in the in the uh, in the Ecuadorian uh, jungles. Okay. Okay. Uh, exhaust question. Occasionally, okay. this thing is dripping down the, something on the driveway from the exhaust, and it doesn't clean up. My wife doesn't like it. What is that? What color is it? Black. Well, it appears as an oil, but it's not an oil. I mean, it it just stays dark on the driveway. Okay, well, it's the moisture being created by the cold engine, and as the, run, as the moisture runs through the exhaust, it picks up some of the carbon and then deposits it on your driveway. Okay. Um, right. it, it, needs, it needs to end up on your driveway, um, and, and it's not anything, it's, it's a carbon, so it's going to be kind of hard to scrub it with, with soap and water, but it might be something that where you just go down to the local Safeway and get a big piece, be, get a big cardboard box and put underneath it and 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 then blow it on the cardboard first thing in the morning and then back out got it okay okay so it, okay. it is picking up chemicals out of the exhaust that makes sense i'll let you go it's and carbon thank you very much okay, okay you bet okay thank you mike you're up next how can i help you mike yeah hi i have a uh, 2001 suzuki swift that has about eighty-seven thousand miles on it and i would say about four weeks ago I was driving the car, and I stopped to get the mail. I couldn't start the car, so I had it towed into my mechanic, 
it, it wouldn't do anything. It wouldn't make a noise. It, it wouldn't do anything. And uh, anyway, what he did is he replaced the starter. And I got the car back. I drove it for about three or four days, and the starting started getting intermittent, where it wouldn't start every time. Maybe it started every third or fourth time. So then I took it back in to him, and I had a new starter put in. And now I've had the car back for about a week and a half, and it's getting intermittent again. And what it does is when I rotate the key, it'll make like a buzz noise, but it won't start. I'll have to rotate the key two or three times, and finally it starts. It almost feels like I have to turn the key real slowly for it to start. And it's a it's a uh, stick shift, so I've checked to make sure I have the clutch pressed all the way in because I think there's a switch on the clutch that uh, will turn off the starter when it's not pressed in all the way. And I'm trying to trying to decide what to do with the car now. Should I take it back in to him to, to tell him that uh, maybe he should look for something else? Should I have him just put a new starter in? Or should I get a refund and get a new mechanic? Well, I, I don't know what you should do, but, but um, the, the real key points here is is that when you hit the key, nothing happens. And, well, actually, and something when, does happen. It, it does make like a, a buzzing noise. Okay. You well, know, that's like just the, you. You turn. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is question and answer time. So the buzzing okay. noise is the seatbelt buzzer or something like that. Otherwise, the key oh, is yeah, on right. in on. The, okay. Um, it if the key doesn't turn the, the starter or doesn't crank the engine over, the key goes through the neutral safety switch. The neutral safety switch then goes to the to the computer. The computer makes sure that it's in neutral, and then the computer fires up the starter. So uh, there's that transformation that has to happen. This isn't on a one to ten scale for for most of us. This isn't a, anything. Uh, close to a 5 or a 10, but it sounds like that somebody's already guessing with, let's try this, let's try that. This is a diagnosable problem. So that's what you need to have. Somebody diagnose it. If you can, go to MarkSalem.com and put and go through the FAQs and find it, and it, it, find that my car doesn't start, and it'll talk to you about the headlights. What color are the headlights? What do they do when you do this, when you do that, when you do this? And then you just answer all that stuff, and then you can take it to your technician, and you can say, here's some information that would be helpful to you. But I can't diagnose your car, but I can tell you this. If you turn on the headlights and look at them at the wall in front of you, when you expect trouble, then I would be terribly interested in knowing what the headlights do. When you hit the key and you go to the start position, they go out. Oh, they don't go out. They don't even change intensity. So I let go of the key and I go back on it, and now they change slight intensity, but they go from white to just a little less than white. Oh, when I hit the key, they go from white out. They go nothing. So they go from white and bright, and then I hit the key to the start, and then they go out. That's all the information that we need in order to diagnose your problem. But the key switch sounds like the ignition switch. It's called an ignition switch. The ignition switch sounds like, but you, is this a stick or an automatic? Is this a stick or an automatic? Oh, you can't hear me? It's a stick. Are, are okay. you saying the ignition switch is, is worth what the key goes into? Is that... The ignition switch. Yes. yes. It feels like that's where the problem is. Okay. Well, you also, yeah, if you have a stick it. shift, and man, oh man, if you have a stick shift, you have a clutch switch as well. 
And if the clutch yeah. switch is old and worn out, then it will stop the starter from going because it thinks you're trying to start the car and the transmission's in first, second, third, or fourth gear. So I need you to play with the clutch pedal when you're ha- doing this testing. Because if you say, Mark, if I pump the clutch pedal five or six hard times and I hold it to the floor, it starts every single time. But if I just walk in and get in and I just casually push it to the floor and hit the key and it doesn't start, then I, Mark's going to put a, a, a neutral safety switch on it or a clutch switch on it. That's what I'm going to put on it. Because the power from oh, okay. the key goes through that switch to start the, the engine starter. So the clutch is, 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 could be suspect with as many miles as you've got. So, so what you're saying is it could be the ignition switch, or it could be the uh, the clutch the clutch switch, or it could be that's probably it's probably one of those two things. No, it could be a starter solenoid too. It could be a starter solenoid too. But if you'll well, just <laughs> okay, that I, I I we 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 can't we can't just go in circles here. We're we're not we're not I'm. I'm trying to give you the very best advice I can, but but it doesn't it doesn't do any good to to, to try to figure out what's going to happen afterwards. So, I I don't know what else I can tell you. I'm I'm sorry. Um, we, have we got time to do Bob, or should we do Bob at the, at the other top? Bob, how can I help you today? Hi, Mark. Hi. Do you have any opinion on that 4.7 liter four cylinder engine? that GM is putting in the pickups now? It's too early to tell you. Okay. The only thing that troubles me is it has it has that active fuel management, so it's disabling two cylinders. So you've got a four-cylinder engine that's running on two cylinders, and then it's turbocharged. Well, for... for, for okay. Um, Gil, are, are we at like 56, 48... 49. Okay, good enough. I just wanted to make sure. Um, Bob, active fuel management with a turbocharged motor is not going to be a problem. There is no problem. I, I get this from, from old guys that, that talk about, well, active fuel management, he's still putting of gas in the cylinder and it's washing the cylinders down and 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 we're not firing the spark plug that's not true then they say well we're firing the spark plug and we're going to wear out the spark plug that's not true so we have all this not true stuff here you have a turbocharged motor that's going to overcome one cylinder that's not playing and for it to go to active management the computer looks at everything it looks at your throttle pedal it looks at what gear you're in. It knows whether you're going uphill or downhill. It knows how fast the engine is and how fast the car is moving. The computers program that software. It knows. And if you don't want active fuel management, I'm quite sure that there's a way that you can just push a button or something like that and disable that for the time being or pull it out of overdrive and put it into just drive or something like that. Sometimes you can drag your foot on the brake pedal a little bit and get out of active fuel management and throttle up. So there's a variety of ways, but it's not going to shorten the life of the engine. This whole active fuel management has to do with fuel fuel mile per gallon and pollution, and there's nothing wrong with either one of them. Ten years ago, I wouldn't have said that. But today, active fuel management has been refined in a really, really good way. And so when we take eight cylinders and six cylinders and we start subtracting cylinders, we subtract fuel or spark and sometimes both. So now all we're doing is that cylinder turns into a big air compressor. That's all it is. 
So it's not going to wear any more or less than the rest of them. It's going to be okay. 602-508-0960. We're going to take a break, and we're going to try to get our technical stuff situated. 602-508-0960. And the lines are wide open, so you're welcome to join us. And before we, uh, well, no, I'm almost up against it. So we're going to tell you we'll be back in just a few minutes, hopefully. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 